If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, it's very disconcerting to see these stories about measles outbreaks. And they're really something we, we shouldn't ever have to report on in, in the sense that they're avoidable. One of the stories that we've seen in recent days, uh, CBC News spoke to the, the family who was at the center of the measles outbreak in Vancouver. And the father openly admitting that they did not vaccinate their children because of anti-vaccine views that they'd read on the internet, including and specifically these debunked allegations that the MMR vaccine is linked to autism. So perhaps it's no surprise that we see these outbreaks in regions like uh, in the lower mainland of BC and Washington state and elsewhere. Vaccination rates start to drop and we see these outbreaks. One of the consequences of that, here's a post-media story today about a family in Burnaby. Uh, They're concerned that their baby is at risk of contracting measles. Max, who turns one this week, is in isolation at home. Uh, The mother says it's 100% the anti-vaccine movement that has taken my kid who was a high-risk baby and thrown him at death's door if he has, in fact, contracted measles. They are watching closely. They got the call from a Vancouver nurse uh, telling them that their son had been exposed to the measles virus during a visit to the BC Children's ER to deal with a stomach bug. This speaks to how highly contagious the virus is and how dangerous that can be, especially for infants under 12 months. So some scary days for this family. Joining us to talk a bit more about how we overcome anti-vaccine views or even just vaccine hesitancy or apathy and why the measles virus in particular is of such concern. Very pleased to welcome the program today. Uh, Dr. Peter J. Hotez, he's a professor of pediatrics, the dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, co-director of the Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development. He's also written a lot about this issue, uh, including a book that he's written. Uh, Dr. Hotez, thank you so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so what's your reaction when you read these stories about these uh, measles outbreaks and, and the link to, to low vaccination rates? How, how frustrating is it to you? Well, it's a self-inflicted wound. Uh, measles uh, was a disease that in the United States we eliminated in the year 2000, and now it's come back in the Pacific Northwest uh, and in Texas and elsewhere, and, and now we're hearing about it, of course, in, in British Columbia. Uh, this is a disease uh, that should never come back. It's completely preventable by vaccination, but it requires very high levels of vaccine coverage because, as you pointed out, it's one of the most contagious viruses known to humans. Uh, the single 
individual gets measles, on average, 12 to 18 other unvaccinated individuals will also get it uh, because the virus lingers around in the environment for, for hours and uh, it's so easily uh, transmissible. So we need very high levels of vaccine coverage. And once vaccine coverage drops, that's usually the first breakthrough infection we see is measles. It's kind of our biomarker for low vaccine rates. So whenever you see measles uh, rise in Canada or the U.S., that's a red flag that uh, we're not doing our job in vaccinating our kids. Now, you, you've got uh, very much a vested interest in all of this. In your book that uh, was released last year, um, Vaccines Did Not Cause Rachel's Autism. It's the title of the book, uh, Your Journey as a Vaccine Scientist, Pediatrician, and Autism Dad. How important is it to, to continue, unfortunately, having to continue to debunk these, these myths around the vaccine? And, and why did you feel it needed to be addressed that way? So that's right. I'm a vaccine scientist and a pediatrician, but I'm also the father of an adult daughter, Rachel, who's 26, who has autism and intellectual disabilities. And I wrote it because autism, that, that the idea that vaccines cause autism is, is, a, is a central tenet, a phony one, but it's a central tenet of the anti-vaccine uh, lobby, uh, both in Canada and the United States. And, and I use the term lobby kind of use, uh, loosely, but, you know, what it's really grown into is a media empire. What started as a fringe movement in the early 2000s is now this media juggernaut of almost 500 phony misinformation websites, including some that are specific for Canada. You have uh, uh, all amplified on social media, on Facebook and other social media outlets. You have, you have a series of books, phony anti-vaccine books. You have documentaries. And in many uh, places now in the U.S. and possibly Canada, you even have political action committees raising money for candidates to run an anti-vaccine platform. So, so it's, uh, we're under siege with misinformation from the anti-vaccine lobby. You wrote a piece for the New York Times almost exactly two years ago, and the headline was how the anti-vaxxers are winning. Does it still feel to you like they are in a lot of ways? Yeah, they, they've won. Uh, you know, they right now, they control the Internet uh, through, as I said, almost 500 anti-vaccine websites and social media and the books and the phony documentaries. And unfortunately, you know, we don't have a, a great system of pro-vaccine advocacy to counter it. And we're and also the state and provincial legislators are not doing a good job of protecting our children uh, by making vaccinations not mandatory. Basically, what you're doing is depriving children of their fundamental right to be protected against deadly infections. And and unfortunately, this has become a human rights violation on a very large scale, both in the U.S. and Canada. In terms of that that messaging, there was a concerning story just in the last few days uh, about how uh, Facebook is being used, how anti-vaccination groups are not just using Facebook to spread their message, but they're able to use targeted advertising. Uh, so women who are, are pregnant and are doing those kinds of searches for pregnancy-related issues or, or showing that they're interested in those kinds of issues, it's allowing these groups to, to specifically tailor and target their ads to, to pregnant women. Absolutely. They're masters of the Internet. So anytime you go to a search engine, whether it's Google or Yahoo, or, and you put in the word vaccine, you will be get a, fl- a flood of misinformation. 
and uh, and this is now translating into public health declines and endangering our children. So a terrible measles outbreak in the Pacific Northwest, uh, in in Washington, Oregon, Idaho is very susceptible now. Of course, we're learning about British Columbia and the American Southwest, Texas, Oklahoma, Arizona, uh, Utah seem to be the two big hotspots. So it's kind of interesting. It, it tends to be more of a Western states and provinces phenomenon than an Eastern one. We still don't really understand why. Yeah, and I mean, there, there were those that are really kind of the, the hardcore anti-vaxxers, but it, it trickles down. And I mean, this this family in, in BC that I mentioned off the top, he even says, he says, there's a quote from this father, says, we're not anti-vaccination. We're just very cautious parents, and we tried to do it in the manner that was the least invasive possible on the child's health. So, you know, people are susceptible to that, right? Yeah, the parents are the victims. They're the victims of this uh, extraordinary misinformation campaign that's being waged now in, in Canada and the United States. So we've got to figure out uh, both policy and advocacy solutions. On the policy on the policy side, we absolutely have to get, make vaccinations mandatory for school entry. Canada's not doing a good job on that front. That uh, uh, vaccines are not mandatory, except possibly in Ontario and New Brunswick. Uh, so that's endangering children. And in the United States, we also have 18 states that allow vaccine exemptions for what are called personal or philosophical reasons. We have to shut that down as well, and that's because we have to protect our ch- our children. As I've mentioned, you know, I'm of the opinion that children, as a pediatrician, as a, that children have a fundamental right to be protected against deadly infections, and and parents are not allowed to deprive children of that just because they've been uh, deliberately misinformed by a phony misinformation website. In terms of the importance of keeping vaccine rates high, talk about why, you know, 95 percent coverage is is kind of the minimum, why it's so important to have that number as high as possible. Well, it's particularly important for measles because it is one of the most contagious infectious diseases known. So we know from experience that we need at least 95% coverage to protect measles outbreaks. Now, one of the things that the anti-vaccine movement does is it tends to downplay what measles does. It tends to dismiss it as a rash or some type of benign illness. But in fact, up until a couple of decades ago, measles was the single leading killer of children globally. And beyond death, it causes permanent injury due to measles pneumonia, measles encephalitis, deafness. So measles is a very bad actor and one of the most important diseases that we try to vaccinate against, but it's also the hardest one because it is so highly contagious. So we need that very, very high rate of coverage in order to present, uh, prevent measles outbreaks like we've got in Washington and Oregon right now and uh, like you're starting to see perhaps in British Columbia. But I think you also touch on another factor is is that apathy where, you know, vaccines almost become a victim of their own success and we forget what these diseases are like. I mean, is is that part of it? I think that's part of it, but I think there's something more nefarious going on, and that is a deliberate misinformation campaign by the anti-vaccine lobby to deliberately mislead parents, and and that's what's got to stop. And uh, and so it's a combination of of putting a stop to the anti-vaccine movement in the U.S. and Canada uh, by shutting down a lot of the misinformation websites and 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 things that are on social media, also continuing to provide uh, education uh, in Canada. Uh, one of the good things about Canada is it's got some very, it's got some very 
accessible uh, information about uh, vaccines through the uh, Immunize Canada uh, website. That's a fantastic website. I was just looking at it the uh, uh, the other day, and so that's that's something you definitely want to focus on. But yeah, it speaks to what a challenge that is, right? In terms of getting that message out and countering all of that that misinformation. Right. Uh, so the pro-vaccine forces are outgunned by the anti-vaccine forces. Unfortunately, they 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 have dominance uh, over the media right now, and we've got to flip that balance. Indeed. All right. Well, much more at uh, peterhotez dot com. Uh, Doctor Hotez, thank you so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at twelve thirty on News Talk seven seventy Calgary.